This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am so thrilled you're here. Happiness Solved is dedicated to giving you content that is empowering, motivational, inspirational, and of course, a dose of happiness. It is my way to give back to the world and share other people's stories and wisdom. This thing called life can be challenging, and my guests share their amazing stories, wisdom, and life lessons that demonstrate anyone can choose happiness. You see, happiness is a journey, not a destination. I am Sandy Scarlatta, America's happiness coach, author of Happiness Solved. I'm a retired U.S. national and international figure skating coach. I've been a certified life coach since 2004, and I've been inspiring others to shift their mindset and choose happiness for over 20 years. If you have any questions you would like answered on this podcast, or just in general, please email me at sandy at sandyscarlotta.com or visit www.sandyscarlotta.com to schedule a free call. Thank you for listening today, and I hope you enjoy it. Today's guest is Cindy Lynn. With 25 plus years of nursing experience and successfully navigating numerous health challenges of her own, Cindy Lynn has become an expert at helping women transcend their diagnosis and reclaim powerful, beautiful lives. This is such a great episode, everyone, and you don't want to miss it. Hi, Cindy. How's it going today? Oh, fabulous. How about you? How are you doing? Great. I'm doing great. Spring is here, although allergies are horrible, so my voice is even more raspier than it normally is. <laughs> so where, where are you calling in from? Today, in this moment, I happen to be in Naples, Florida, but I, I live in it. Minnesota most of the time, so I've jumped right into summer, which is fabulous. Uh, I love Naples. It's just mm-hmm. such, uh, everything about it is amazing. It is, truly. Yeah, we're lucky you. It's probably much nicer than than the cold in Minnesota. <laughs> I left snow, and I'm hoping I'm not returning to snow. So, <laughs> fingers crossed. Yeah. Yay! All right. So everybody has a story as to you know how we got to where we are today. What is your story? How did you get to be doing what you're doing right now? So my story is kind of a you know long and, and twisting road. If at the beginning of your career, at the beginning even of going to school, I my degree is in I have a bachelor of science in nursing, someone would have told me where all the winding roads would have ended. I, I would not have believed him. Um, but I've, uh, I started out as a nurse in cardiology and electrophysiology. I, I worked for medical device companies. I worked with regulatory agencies internationally. And the more my career grew, the less healthy I became. Yeah. And little by little, and the less healthy I became, the less happy I became. And I'm sure that's something that you've heard before. Um, And and so long story short, I kind of, I walked away from all of that to start to do something different, to return to working with people, uh, with individuals and helping them find real health after a diagnosis and finding them a, a way to live their very best life after a diagnosis, which is what I had to do after numerous diagnoses, large and small. And uh, I'm, I'm thrilled and excited to be, one, working with, with clients, again, rather than patients, 
um, but two to to help people rediscover what their best life is, to rediscover that that they can choose happiness, which is something that has appealed to me about your podcast, just that recognition that happiness is a choice. Right, exactly. So what was it about the diagnosis? And if, if you don't, you don't need to go into the details of that because it sure. probably so, doesn't matter I, so much. But what was it about being diagnosed with something that was probably scary, you know, maybe a health challenge or whatever? What was it about that that was the catalyst for pushing you forward? So I found that each thing that came up in my health as I was kind of in denial about the whole process and, what, and that my lifestyle was actually making me sick was this, um, this habit of contingent happiness that I developed. Mm. So when the blood work comes back, then I'll be happy. When I get the biopsy results back, then I'll be happy when my bowel heals, then I'll be happy. And there was all of these reasons to put off being happy for literally years. Until one day I just decided I can't wait anymore. And that things actually were going pretty well, but having that focus, having that contingent happiness kept me focused on the diagnosis, on the illness, on the waiting for another shoe to drop somewhere. And at one point it felt like I was a spider waiting for more and more shoes to drop. Um, but it was very much this sense of, okay, you know what? I'm gonna be okay. I'm, I don't wanna play this waiting game anymore to be happy. Nice, and I love that you said contingent happiness. I haven't heard it that way. Another brilliant way to say, yes, you know, as procrastinators, as humans, we do procrastinate. We do make our happiness contingent upon fill in the blank, like you were just saying. And and it's kind of sad that, you know, I, I think it's it's also kind of the way as humans we're wired. It's in our DNA that we're always trying to protect ourselves mm-hmm. so that, well, if it doesn't happen, you know, if I'm not happy, then, you know. It's this, you know, we, we like to point the fingers and blames and blame other people. So, so tell me about, I understand that you use like integrative coaching and, and different types of body work. So what types of body work do you do to help your clients? So I, I have a physical practice in Minnesota where I see clients for body work, MAT, muscle activation techniques, and then Pilates and yoga for rehab, say post-op. Post um, I have a, a group of clientele who really feel much more comfortable seeing me as you know in that nursing role as well as the rehab type role after they've had their diagnoses or their surgeries their kind of uh, things going on but I take those same principles and I've incorporated them into a membership program for women who are coming out the other side of a diagnosis So they've completed treatments or they're in remission or they're in a more constant sort of phase. And then I help them create their best life month by month, topic by topic in very bite-sized portions to give them the power back so that they they can choose happiness. They can create enough space in their life to actually realize it's out there and I can, I can grab it. 
I love that you said bite size because that's really what it's about. So we can't tackle all of it at once. No, it's overwhelming. You know, when you receive a diagnosis, you it kind of takes over your life. And in many cases, it takes over your identity. And we hear that in the language of the culture. You know, I'm a, a breast cancer survivor, or I'm a five-year survivor of colon cancer, or I'm, I, you know, I'm I'm a diabetic, or I'm this, or I'm that, and and really, women I think especially lose their identity to a diagnosis. When they come out the other side, they think that they want their old life back. That will make them happy if things just get back to normal. But a diagnosis in that journey changes us so much that that old life doesn't fit anymore. And so what does the new one look like? How do we start reclaiming an identity, recreating it? How do we figure out who we are and choose happiness at the same time? Yeah, because I mean, I'm grateful that I have never had any sort of diagnosis although I've had all sorts of other life traumas, you know, that, that were just as uh, life altering. And you're right, your life will never be the same after you've gone through something. And, and it's, a, it's a growth moment. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I love that you're helping them see that they have the choice to make it even better than it was before, even though they think they may want their old life back. Because when you're going through all that, you're like, I just want my life to be normal again, right? Yes. But do you really want that normal? Probably not. <laughs> right. For, for a couple of reasons. One, it was, you know, I, I believe we create everything that comes to us. We call in everything that comes to us. And if you were like me, living in a life that really was not serving you, you don't want to go back to that and to those choices. But then you say, now what? What what does this look like? And so rebuilding kind of rebuilding, you know, self-image, rebuilding a body image is a very big part of that. Our membership works with rebuilding sleep, which is often, uh, you know, it's such a fundamental piece, but it's often so disturbed when managing diagnosis or treatments and that kind of thing. So it's, it's a sense of control, it's a sense of rebuilding, it's a sense of a new identity, and it's, it's really exciting work to do. Oh, completely. I love it. And I love, I love that you have, like to speak about healing beyond the cure. Yes. So talk a little bit about that. I mean, we, we just did, but oh, when, no, you, when you go and, and, and talk about healing behind the cure, what does that look like? Are there steps involved? Or like, what is, yeah. Yes. So healing beyond the cure really identifies the two or separates the two very much. So a cure is often something we look to others for. I look to the doctor, I look to chemo, I look to surgery, I look to all of these things to cure this disease. And even if we have the cure, we also need to heal from the whole experience. And that healing is a completely inside job, just like happiness we need to really kind of incorporate that, integrate that experience into our life and then decide how we want to move forward with that experience. Now, the other end of that spectrum is that we still have the choice to heal even if there's no cure. Even if we're facing a situation that there's no cure for the particular diagnosis we have, 
we can heal our lives and our experiences and our relationships in amazing ways that gives the life we have left grace and beauty. Mm, I love that. I love that. That's really incredible because when you're, I, I just know like with my father, when he was diagnosed with cancer, he was given three months to live mm-hmm. and, and you and it changes things so much for everybody. And for that individual who's going through it, they're the ones that really need that, you know, what's next. Mm-hmm. How do, how do I, what do I want to do with this time that's left? Yeah. You know, I can, I can choose to be angry. And of course, that would be normal. I can, I can choose to deny it. I can choose to fight. I can choose to, to, to alienate everyone, or I can choose to accept that this is my role with grace and spend my remaining time sharing that sense of grace and that experience. I can choose dignity. I can choose happiness. I, I have all of those choices. And sometimes it's just helping people recognize that they have those choices. And then of course, all of the people around them, how to adjust, how to adjust to that, you know? Well, yeah, cause it's always a choice. And you say your diagnosis does not have to be your destiny. No, we absolutely have a choice. It doesn't have to be your identity. It doesn't have to be the only thing about you. It doesn't have to, you don't have to assume that role. And I think there's a lot of mechanisms in society, especially in our culture here, that, that you find comfort in that role. Um, I'm probably one of the more controversial voices when it comes to support groups, um, because support groups really are intended to be a bridge through, not a final destination. And I end up working with so many women who've been locked in that journey. You know, at, at, at the support group becomes the destination because it's a commonality. It's, it's something that you can talk about. It's something you can identify with, but it just reinforces that identity. So, you know, support groups are meant to be a bridge across, not a, not a destination. And I think that on a massive scale is what what we in the States, as well as much of the world has been going through the last couple of years, this identity of, of um, the virus and, and everything that, that surrounds it and um, making that such a part of who we are in, in our life for many people, when really right. it's something that you move through rather than, than hang on to. Yeah, for sure. Cause I, I just, I know many people who have been stuck in a support group for over 20, sometimes 30 years, mm-hmm. and they never move beyond it. Yes. Yeah. And that's, and it's, it's a big challenge because there's so much beyond it. And again, it's so not, much. it was never the intent of, of these groups, but we all cling to what's comfortable. So I, I attempt, I try to reach out to women I, and, and let them know through opportunities like this, which I greatly appreciate, that there is so much beyond it and, and figuring out who you get to be in this next stage is wonderful and you can do it with support and guidance and one step at a time absolutely and i do want to just throw in while your work works with you know thankfully so works with women and helping them with their diagnosis everything that you're talking about 
and everything that you're working with your clients, you can apply to any aspect of your life. Yes. Right? It is. It's, it's much easier for, for people to identify a particular diagnosis or identify a particular struggle. But as you said, with, with anything that comes up, you choose. Do I want to come out the other side stronger? Do I want to learn from this? Or do I want to carry the fear because I don't know how to move on from it? Yeah. Well, part of my big mission with My Happiness Solved is I don't want people to wait until they have the diagnosis or until they have the tragedy or they hit rock bottom because life is too short. So don't wait until you get that. Like start now, start shifting that mindset now because maybe you can, you know, there's a mind, body, spirit thing going on here. Maybe you can just make shifts before you don't get a diagnosis. There's so much more in our control than people realize. Yeah. You know, I think even like you talk about, you you know, if when I just get the next promotion, when it's just the next salary right. level, I'll be happy. When it's just, you know, when the kids get a little bit older, when this happens, when that happens. And so much is lost within that waiting time. So yeah. much opportunity and so much of ourselves. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I get it. You know, I don't want anybody to think, you know, we're making anybody wrong for the right. way that they're living because it's not about that. It's it's no. about, okay, today's the day we're going to make that shift, you know, because I know for me, I stayed in a marriage with my ex-husband for 10 years longer than I, I really should have. It was, you know, lots of ups and downs. But, you know, in mm -hmm. that time, I felt it was best, you know. And I was able to be home with my son and raise him. Did I waste it? No. Could things have been a lot different? Absolutely. You know, but but I made made the decision when I made it and, and that's that. So I'm just throwing that out there to let people know, like, it's okay if you haven't made that choice. It's mm -hmm. perfectly all right. It's just, you know, at some point you need to say, okay, today's the day. The time is now right. to start and, making those changes. And part of what you talk about is that, is that healing, that acceptance? Could I gone earlier? Could I, you know, I had the experiences that I had. We were in the situation that we were. There was good, there were bad. That understanding and that healing that comes with it, because very often, retrospectively, when it comes to managing illness, there's this sense of, oh, I should have done this, or I should have never, you know, I should have never gotten those treatments, or I should have gotten a second opinion, or I should have, you know, all of those kind of things come up. You are where you are in your journey. And, you know, I welcome anyone to come for support on what's the next step. Because, you know, it's also, I'm sure, easy for your listeners to say, okay, here's this woman who's, you know, sitting in Naples on vacation. Of course, it's easy for her to say, just make a different choice. But the number of choices that I had to make to actually make it here <laughs> this week, you know, the number of things you have to put in place, the number of... and it was still a choice. What I had to do to get here was very much worth it. Yeah. And I think that's, that's where, and sometimes if you're out of that practice, if you, you know, I'm sure the, the first time that you thought about changing your living arrangement, it was like scary and how do I start and what is it going to look like and all of those things. And that's where it's great if you have someone you can reach out and say, okay, here I am. You know, treatments are done. I thought everything was going to be good. 
now what? Right. And there are people out there like you, like me, that that will help, that will listen, that that offers solutions. Right. That's right. So where can people find you, Cindy? Um, CindyLynn.com is probably the best place. There's uh, I have a, a great communication guide for anybody who's who's going through anything in their personal life, whether it's a diagnosis, it's written for that. But any you know, if your job situation changed, it, it's how to share your story and maintain your privacy. So Aww. I want people to grab that um, free ebook at CindyLynn.com and then reach out. I love that. That's really great. So is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience before we sign off? Um, no, I think I, I truly appreciate your time and I love the work that you're doing and I love the idea of providing solutions and choices. And of course that all creates new perspectives. So thank yes. you very much. Well, thank you. It was a pleasure to talk to you today. great information Cindy provided and the work she does is so needed. Um, I can't even imagine what some of her clients must be going through and I'm glad that there's somebody out there that can help them. So to learn more about Cindy, you can visit her website, which is cindylynn.com and that will also be in the show notes. So thank you so much for listening today. As always, I hope that you and your family are safe and healthy and that your lives are filled with peace, joy, and happiness. Take care, everyone. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.